Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Happy Monday, and a bit of a special day today. It's my birthday, so um, happy birthday to me. So I'm recording this Sunday, just about to go out for a birthday lunch with my husband which is I'm trying to get my head around saying that and while you're listening to this I'll be I don't know chilling out I've got the, the week off um hopefully having a bit of me time connecting with friends doing things that bring me joy um that's one of my buzzwords it's something I think is really important to be present to enjoy life to think about play and find the joy and it's really it sounds simple, it sounds lovely, um, but even thinking about where I was a couple of years ago, um, a completely different mindset and, and way of being. And I think that is um, a real testament to that journey and the possibility of reaching a place where you feel happier, uh, more comfortable, more confident, um, whilst also knowing it's still absolutely a work in progress <laughs> and um, and all of that. So that's, uh, that's me, that's where I'm at. I hope wherever you are in the world um, that you're that you're doing okay Um, and today we've got a really fun conversation with Rio I met Rio on a coaching course that I did recently Um, and so we're talking about breath work in particular we're talking about integrative ways of working which is very much how I work as well so really nice to talk about how someone else is working in, in that sort of way Um, And Rio also leads us through a breathwork practical exercise. So if you are listening to this when you're driving or anything like that, obviously don't do it at that time, maybe pause and kind of come back. Um, But it doesn't sort of just jump into there's like a bit of build up so you'll know kind of where where it's at um, sort of partway through. Really excited to share this conversation. Before we dive in, massive thank you to Sabrina and Jeff who joined us last week on the show. Really enjoyed those conversations as well. And let's dive into this conversation with Rio. Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest, Rio, to the podcast. So, Rio, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Hannah, thank you. Yeah, Rio, Rio Toya here. I am, well, originally from Peru. I lived uh, half my life in the UK and I, I went to the other side of the world to explore the arts and, and study in a city that had like a, a great artistic scene like, like London. And the uh, first 10 years of my life there, I was just trying to make it as an artist. Um, I was working as an illustrator, beginning to do paintings and do group exhibitions with all the kids that were kind of like trying to do the same things and working as a bartender on weekends and all that. And then um, around 2009 with a recession, uh, I had a big wake-up call because I realized I, I thought I was good at making pictures, pretty pictures, but not very good at selling myself. I realized I had just been lucky. Um, but when the phone stopped ringing and you know the money wasn't available in 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 the market as as much, I went to marketing school. 
and uh, and I discovered that there was a new way of of being creative, you know, making marketing strategies and finding new ways of reaching people and maybe crafting text and image and all that. And um, and then I worked with a startup for a little bit, did a master's in called creative and cultural entrepreneurship, and we were a bunch of people from creative backgrounds that wanted to maybe do more like a you know maybe a bit more business oriented. And that was a real eye opener for me. And they discovered this beautiful world of uh, collaboration and the sharing economy. And it was kind of like a magical key where you could integrate creativity, entrepreneurship, technology. So I got sucked in by the world of startups and co-working spaces. And that was kind of like my life for the next 10 years. I uh, eventually, I, I got a job at Google in developer relations uh, um, where we were running these startup accelerator programs, very focused on mentors giving their time and, and kind of like in the same coaching process, in the same non-advisory approach, we were just asking people, hey, what, what do you want to do? And, or show me what you're doing and, and why are you taking these decisions? And you know, trying to get people to think uh, what they're doing rather than give them the answers. So I, I really love that, that process and I love it still now because it's part of um, kind of like the coaching approach. But anyway, at Google also, I discovered that um, there was a thing called <laughs> imposter syndrome, which I figured I had because it's an organization that is famous for hiring the best people, the smartest guys, and everything is kind of like bigger, faster, better, 10x, a 10x mentality, a 10x culture. So I was kind of like overworking myself to the point of burnout. And then I had a big aha moment where um, I needed a break and I went to traveling and I did lots of meditation and yoga and I came back to my to my job with a new perspective um, of making sure that I'm I don't know I'm having a bit more of a life work balance I got involved in the mindfulness initiatives uh, at the workplace and then that's that was kind of like open up a new a new chapter in my life where I'm now where I uh, left the corporate world and I started uh, teaching uh, mindfulness meditation uh, yoga and, and then i discovered breath work so i also started doing that uh, yeah along the journey i had done a few teacher trainings and, and and i think i felt it was my responsibility to get as much training as i could so i could serve my uh, my mission you know and, and the people that came to see me in in a more kind of like effective and professional responsible way so um, with COVID, I noticed that my clients, my breathwork clients, mainly my one-to-one -one customers, needed more time to be heard. Uh, so I started creating more, more of a coaching-like space. And I had a little training here and there, but then I felt like I, I wanted to go deeper. So I did this training where you and I met. And um, yeah, that's more or less kind of like it's been, it's been the journey. So what, I'm, what I do now, I call it holistic coaching because it's uh, integrates the transformational life coaching process, but with other tools such as, uh, yeah, breathwork meditation and some yogic uh, philosophy or practices like breathing and stretches and such. And that's me. Yeah, awesome. Well, lovely to have you with us. And um, yeah, so much that I'm interested in. And before we start recording, we already talked about Peru a bit because um, people that have listened <laughs> for a while um, might know I talked uh, a little while ago with a friend about how much I love Peru um, when we were traveling, um, but we won't do that again now. <laughs> um, 
But I'm, I'm really curious about the, the kind of integrated um, approach that you take and the, the holistic coaching and, and how the, the different elements kind of work together. Do you have a, a kind of specific process that, that people work with you through or is it very personalized to the individual? Mm, yeah, great question. So just before coming to Peru, uh, so I, I left London mid-2019 and I went to India for five months uh, to volunteer as an assistant yoga teacher. And, but I also did this course called Yoga Therapy. And that was a big eye-opener for me because their approach is, you can call it mind, body, spirit. Um, and I noticed that um, some talking therapies um, only engage in, in the talking process. And that feels sometimes like it's a very mental process, even though that can bring up some emotions. It's mainly uh, mental. <laughs> um, and then... And then the you know yoga or breathing it's more like a physical thing and starts moving the energy but not necessarily uh, addresses the all these ideas and beliefs that also influence how we feel how we view the world and stuff so I, I felt like like uh, it was a great idea to to know a little bit of of um, working with energy with uh, the subconscious mind with the body, the physical aspect, the more inner aspects and like the, the bread as a way of offering a, a more complete uh, set of uh, tools and options to help people unlock um, any areas in which they might feel stuck. Um, and this again could be uh, physical tension, emotional tension or mental tension. And once you release that, maybe you're a bit more free to, to be more who you, who you are, you know, to show yourself more, more genuinely in the world and, and therefore perhaps attract more, more clients, more, uh, more time for yourself, more love, more money. Yeah, awesome. And it's something I, I kind of feel like I'm really interested in integrative approaches, but I um, got my yoga instructor qualification a couple of years ago. Um, but I don't teach with it I just kind of have, <laughs> have it but that at the moment for me they're kind of separate things and it's something mm -hmm. I've kind of thought about you know how to bring that together and you know how to combine them so I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in, in you know how you do that and um, and I think because we are you know whole people aren't we <laughs> in all of those ways we're um, we're emotional we're mental we're physical we're spiritual and often we have these modalities that like we just pick up on one of those areas and work on that but mm. we show up as this whole person with all of those dimensions mm. totally yeah um actually when i when i did my i'm like you when i did my yoga teacher training i don't think i taught for 10 years i just i just had it as a tool for to have a better personal practice um uh, but yeah, I think at, at some point, it's you just draw on the on the tools that you have, right? When whenever the situation uh, calls it for. Um, but um, your your question, just to clarify, was was on on, on expanding on on the integrative approach. Where what a, what a specific aspect are you were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm just generally really interested in it <laughs> and how it works. But I guess. Is it, um, you know, because I think some some practitioners maybe have like their method, if you like, of this is how we, 
you know, someone comes to you and this is the steps that we go through, or it's just, I've got all these different tools and whatever you bring will kind of play with what feels most appropriate. And so I was kind of wondering whether you had like a process or whether it's just really kind of free flowing and creative and personalized to the, the individual that you're working with. Yeah. Um, a, a bit of, a bit of both, I suppose. Um, you know, when you're, um, uh, talking, so let's, let's maybe focus on, on one-to-one, um, work. Someone might come and say, Hey, I, I, I feel like I need a, um, a, a bit of support in, maybe dealing with this divorce situation. I've been married for X, Y, Z years. I gave everything, you know, a lot into this relationship and now it's over and I need to reconnect with myself. And I'm also, you know, what's my purpose, but I'm also very stressed. So on, on, each, on each session, we might see, okay, what do you want to focus on? And typically uh, from the yogic perspective, there's always a huge importance on, on relaxation and, and calming the mind and the body to let go of any uh, physical and mental tension. So maybe I like to start with a little mindful breathing in my sessions to ground ourselves, to switch gears from whatever was happening immediately before the session or all the huge number of things maybe we have on our mental to-do lists. Um, so we can be really, really present. I think presence is a, is a huge aspect. And then that way we can be more uh, connected to what we really need at that point. And maybe it's, uh, I, I've had sessions where uh, the client said, you know what, I'm, I'm so tense right now. So maybe the session starts with a little bit more stretches and, and, and uh, you know, yogic breathing before we maybe get into the talking part. But sometimes the client, it's, there's so much mental energy that they just wanna let it all out and we start talking. And then sometimes we get to a point where it's clear that, okay, we got to stop this talking process and maybe switch gears a little bit, maybe do a bit of breath work and, and let go of all that and see where we are at the other side of, of that experience. Um, so yeah, it kind of varies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I was just kind of, I had this vision in, in my head of someone kind of coming in and they'd, you know, something stressful has just happened and that could easily possibly take over the session because it's like if you were having just say a coaching session but actually by relaxing in a way it creates some space that actually some of that mental chatter you can maybe park and go well actually that's not the big thing that I want to talk about there's something else and it kind of creates that space to mm-hmm. maybe kind of work um, more important kind of deeper stuff that um maybe can get buried in that I was stuck in traffic or I just had an argument with someone kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I think sometimes any any start is a good start because um, sometimes maybe we can start a session and, and what is in your mind is like, oh yeah, um, social media, it's really challenging for me because I find it embarrassing. I don't wanna show my, my, my uh, I don't wanna be judged. And, and then suddenly this seemingly superficial issue about you know, social media and what to post on Instagram becomes something deeper because it's more about how you show up and what's pre- preventing you from um, going out there into the world. What are, your, what are, what is, what are these under, be, beliefs behind your fear of judgment? Um, and maybe you, you don't know, and I certainly don't know, but unpacking that together might lead us to somewhere where... Um, 
some were interesting, you know, um, and how we unlock that, that might vary again, depending on the set of tools that you, you can offer and also what the, the client is willing to receive as well. Yeah. So I'd love to, um, to hear more about breathwork and kind of mm. what it is and, and how it works. Yeah, great. Um, so breathwork or healing breathwork, if you want, it's a, it's a technique that comes from, uh, from the practice of pranayama yoga. Um, I think that there's a, so I have to be careful here because breathwork, there's many different lineages and ways of doing it. Um, but the way I, I, I learned it, it's from a man called David Elliott, and, and he, he acknowledged just his lineage as, as coming from the pranayama yoga. Um, now, in yoga, uh, the, the breathing practices are more like a daily practice for us to release tension and uh, kind of condition our nervous system. Uh, and it has a, a whole bunch of benefits. And, and in contemporary yogic practices, you don't have that sort of aspect of healing where maybe you uh, lie down and somebody's helping you to go maybe deeper into releasing deep emotions or, or, or stuff like that, even though some classes, some types of yoga may take you to that, to that spot. The idea of breath work is, is to allow people to, um, through the power of the breath, um, and through an active breathing process to get into a maybe heightened state of consciousness in which the, the rational mind uh, can maybe be sort of over, overridden and we can go into more of an energetic or emotional space. And, and many people find that even if they don't have a big re emotional uh, release, by the end of the session, they feel like deep sense of calm, a deep sense of um, clarity, um, and which sometimes it may seem contradictory because the breathing is not a calm breathing, it's an active breathing. It's almost like, uh, you know, when you go for a run after half an hour, you know, you're, you're really pumping blood and your heart is really uh, going fast. But at the end of it, you're like, Shh, super calm, super sand, super centered. And it's breath work takes you to a similar, through a similar process, but, um, but it does achieve a much deeper level of, of, of connection within, let's say. So when we're breathing uh, at this active uh, pace, we're filling our body with oxygen. Uh, we are heightening in our, 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 our awareness. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of like how the magic happens. Awesome. Thank you. And I think, like you said, sometimes, even if something is quite active, it can feel relaxing when when you've done it and and I often um think if I try to sit down to meditate sometimes I have too much energy and I find it difficult to settle and in some ways I guess a more mm -hmm. active breathing actually you're letting some of that out in a way or using it and then that lets you kind of settle yeah so um acknowledging this this moment where one person wants to meditate but you have too much going on uh, and uh, the, the yogis have this very wonderful process. So most people think of yoga as this very, very physical practice, but actually that, that is just kind of like the beginning. And then typically on a, on a, on a traditional uh, yogic practices, you would do a few stretches to liberate physical tension. Then you move on to the breath uh, and doing different kind of 
pranayama practices, slow breathing, fast breathing, alternative nostril breathing, etc., to then go into a more subtle, um, address the more subtle energies. So then you moved from the physical to, to the perhaps inner energetical, and you're calming yourself down a little bit more, uh, concentrating more on the breath. And then now you're in the perfect optimal conditions to move into meditation where you are more calm, more grounded, and you could have like a more nice, deeper meditation. Um, so I recommend to, you know, to anybody listening that uh, if you are in the habit of going to meditate and switching from your normal life to, to the meditation chair or cushion, try maybe doing some, uh, you know, tension release that is maybe physical and, and breath-based before trying to go in that in that kind of uh, mental practice, yeah. Yeah, because I can imagine, you know, lots of, um, and I've definitely done this before, if, you know, you sit down and you think, oh, I just can't, oh, I just can't settle, it's not for me. But actually maybe, like you said, if you do those preliminary steps, you're preparing yourself to meditate, then when you do sit down, you're ready. Yeah, correct. And many, many meditators that I know are beginning to do a bit of breath work or even uh, Wim Hof breathing as a way of calming down before their meditation practice. And that seems to work like a charm. Awesome. So um, I don't know whether this will work over the audio, but I wonder if there's like a, a short breathwork activity or demonstration that you could do with us so that we could kind of try it out. Uh, yeah, that's that. Um, I'll be happy to do that. Maybe we can breathe for um, four uh, minutes and rest for a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. So if if anybody's listening right now, or you can do a replay. Uh, first of all, let's address the body and your physical space. Make sure that you will not be disturbed. Alarms are off. The pets are outside the room, and uh, you can lie down flat on the ground or on your bed. Make sure you don't have any pillows that may lift your neck so much that it's sort of squishing your, your, your windpipes and preventing you from breathing uh, fully. We're going to breathe in and out through the mouth. Imagine that you're doing two, two inhales and one exhale, and one inhale into the belly, followed immediately by one inhale into the chest, and then one exhale. So it sounds a bit like... So in, in, out, in, in, out. And we're going to continue breathing this way. Your mouth might get a, get a bit dry, but that's normal. Um, and try to allow your body to relax, relax the feet, relax the legs, relax the arms and the face, and just carry on breathing. feeling the full expansion of the abdomen and the expansion of the chest, making sure that you're breathing 50% and 50% on each part before releasing. And it's one, one, two, in, in, out. And now probably you're beginning to feel some energy, some tingly sensation or lightheadedness as you're filling your body up with oxygen. And this is what we want. This is the work part of breath work, where we're kind of pushing a little bit 
in this unusual mode of breathing. And the main idea is to connect with the body as you feel the abdomen expanding, the chest expanding, and trying to maybe breathe, pushing through any kind of resistance. Maybe your mind is beginning to say, what is this? This is a bit uncomfortable. I don't like it. Just trust that your body can do what it does, breathing. And maybe now it's a nice time to increase maybe 5% the amount of oxygen that you're receiving. A little bit more on the belly, a little bit more on the chest. And if your eyes are open, make sure that they're closed and you're just fully trusting the breathing process. And if you could get rid of something with every exhalation, what is the thing that you no longer need in you right now? So fully relaxed. And as you're exhaling, maybe make a slightly louder sound, like a like a big sigh of release. And maybe it's a little grunt. Ah, I was so annoyed this week at that thing. And keep, keep, keep on breathing. And maybe you've been too serious this week. So feel free to have a little smile on your face. And as you're breathing, even there to have a little laugh. Yeah, that's okay. You can make it up. You can laugh. And now for the last few breaths, imagine that you're receiving that thing you need so much in your life right now. With every inhalation, just receive that, whether it's time, whether it's love, maybe it's light or calmness. And breathe into that part of the body that it needs it. Maybe it's the belly, maybe it's the chest, maybe somewhere else. Very good. And now you can start switching back to nostril breathing. So if you want, you can do one last deep breath through the mouth, inhale through the mouth and exhale through the mouth, or one deep breathing through the nostrils. And just lying down there, breathing slowly in through the nostrils, out from the nostrils, enjoying the sensations in your body as a result of this active breathing practice. Notice any tingly sensations. Notice your body breathing. And if your mind wants to offer any thoughts, maybe just focus on gratitude, just for a bit. One minute breathing slowly and calming down, coming down from this breathing experience. Maybe experiencing more gratitude for this body that breathes, for this awareness of the sensations. And maybe you can be grateful for anything else. Clearing of energy or the loved ones in your family. And if you feel like you wanna stay lying down, you can maybe pause the recording and 
lie down for a few minutes, but if you feel like you've um, had enough and you're ready to start connecting with your body, maybe place your feet um, against the ground or the bed and wrap them so you're beginning to ground yourself, coming back into the body and physical sensations, wiggling the toes and fingers. Maybe stretching your arms above the head, giving a big yawn. <sighs> stretching. Stretch, stretch, stretch as you inhale. <sighs> and then relax. And um, yeah, if you're still with us, then welcome back. And I hope you enjoy this breathing practice. Um, I just did it really quickly as you asked me to, to jump on it. Normally, I, I like to play a little bit of background music. Uh, to create a, a more suitable space. And, and sometimes I burn some uh, Palo Santo or, or, or incense uh, to address also uh, uh, those senses that are also very, very emotional. And, and normally I get people breathing for uh, a bit longer, some 15 or 20 minutes before I, I tell people to, to rest. So it was just like a micro, micro practice, but I'm curious uh, to hear from you, Hannah, uh, uh, what was yeah. your experience like in this short practice? Yeah, well, firstly, I'm very grateful to you for being flexible and sharing. And I definitely think it's something I'll play with for, for longer later and, and um, nice for people to have a little introduction that they can play with. And um, and so I wasn't lying down. I was still sat in my chair, but I still felt it. Um, it's a really interesting mix of feeling energized and calm at the same time. Mm. Um, <laughs> And, and I felt afterwards when we came back to the, the nostril breathing, just a sense of kind of just settling mm. kind of back, which was really nice. And just um, being very aware of myself and my body. And I'm someone who spends a lot of time in my head. So it was a really mm -hmm. nice way of feeling reconnected and kind of in my body. And so I um, definitely will, will try it out uh, for longer. So thank you so much for, for sharing it. And is there a particular time of day that it's, it's best to do breath work or is it just kind of as and when the mood kind of takes you? And uh, Yeah, I think I, I personally like to practice it uh, first thing in the morning as part of my morning routine. And I find that um, that kind of, in a way, helps me, helps me uh, wake up, <laughs> but also helps me ground myself before a little meditation and, and during that process some uh and it's a bit like a like a snowball you know you sometimes when you shake it everything is all up in the air but after breath work everything starts settling and I have maybe more clarity to about the things I want to do about how I want to go about my day etc uh, but really you can practice it at, at any time where you feel like you you need to ground yourself and center yourself um, sometimes active breathing at night might might energize you and and keep you up so I wouldn't do it too close to my bedtime um, but really, it's, it, it, there's no uh, no specific time for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you so, so much for, for sharing. And uh, before we move on to my set questions, I ask everyone, I wonder if you've got a final thought yeah. that you'd like to share with us about anything, life, breath work. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the, the first thing that came, came to mind was, um, I'll, I'll just share you a, a, a little story and uh, when I was, um, I guess, in this uh, process of, of maybe feeling that my calling was different from my career at the time, I, I had so many questions and doubts, and, and I went to, to do an ayahuasca ceremony. 
and and I and I was asking for a for for a vision, you know, in terms of how where to focus on my my energy because I had all these different techniques, uh, yoga, meditation, etc. And um, and I had this very very beautiful clear vision that um, humanity, uh, you know, we we enter this this dimension, this three D dimension. Uh, that can be challenging and everything with this beautiful gift of the breath as a sort of uh, wayfinder back to our source, back to back home, right? But to that deep place inside that makes us human. And I saw it as a vision, as a little, imagine like an invisible rope made of light uh, that, that came directly from our, our nostrils and went up to heaven kind of thing. So we can just sort of grab it. And as we inhale, it's almost like we're pulling through that uh, thread and we're going to a different sort of plane out of this sort of everyday physical you know mundane sort of bills to pay to-do lists and travels and oh he said this and she said that so so I'm I'm I just want to share that as a as a as an image that, so whenever you feel lost or ungrounded and trust that you can breathe and whether it's act you know fast or slow um, I think that's a beautiful way of of connecting um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Thank you for that. And there's something so magical about the breath, isn't it? We just like take it often so much for granted, but <laughs> just it's our yeah. life force, you know? Completely. And and it's so connected to how we're feeling. So if you're, you know, people are feeling stressed, they're maybe breathing fast. If you're in love, then you're maybe breathing slow. <sighs> you know, people when mothers when they're when they're having giving birth they're breathing in a particular way so it's so so connected with our emotional and energetic state mm. yeah yeah awesome so yeah i would love to ask you my set questions i ask everyone um and so yes, um yeah you, you've not seen these in advance so they're going to be completely just uh, throw them in there and they're all just <laughs> your your uh view on things there's nothing there's no right or wrong answers which is why they're so fun uh, to ask um and so the first one is what brings you joy in your life? Um, well, right now, I would say that smile of my girlfriend in the morning. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, in general, I think it's, uh, I think human connection. Um, I, I love having meaningful conversations, uh, walk and talk with friends, uh, seeing the sun shining through green leaves in the morning, you know, having a beautiful uh, natural surrounding. I think that's, those are great sources of joy and food. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the things I remember most from Peru are the beautiful scenery and the amazing food. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, get that, I get that all. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm awesome. lucky to get that every day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then my second question is what makes life meaningful for you? Mm. I think um, purpose and service. Um, I think having the sense that, that you, your actions are not uh, uh, wasteful, but they are actually contributing to, to society uh, or, or even just your, your family, the, the group of people you have immediately around you. And, and service, uh, again, it's, it's um, uh, whatever you do, whatever is your calling, if it's helping others and you're having a gener generative life, meaning uh, you're the, you, know, you give more than what you take, you know, 
and and you're in a path of leaving the world a little bit better than you um, found it. Uh, I think that's those are great, yeah, great great things to strive for. Mm. Awesome. Uh, so the next two questions are about our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental well-being. And mm-hmm. um, so the first mm. one is, what does mental wellness mean to you? Mm. I think uh, harmony comes to mind. So I think uh, the universe tends towards harmony. And sometimes we uh, get out of that um, uh natural flow of things because our mind because our ego or whatever and so i guess it's having maybe healthy uh, thoughts for example uh, uh, examining any kind of self-criticism that may be detrimental for our our own self-esteem that's maybe one one way of being of having mental health Uh, developing habits habits that that um, facilitate the harmony in our both physical brain and also in in the, the way we process um, thoughts and emotions. So that that's the main thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. And so then the follow up that I always ask is for yourself, what you do to look after your own mental well being. So how you keep that harmony for yourself? Um, I I think. Uh, through the development of, of certain habits so it's important for me uh, to have a, a, a routine so try to wake up at a, a, a certain time same time uh, every morning and have like my three things I do I don't know have a drink a big glass of water have my coffee shower and then do my my little practice of uh, yoga breath work and, and meditation and that uh, I think it's, it's kind of like my my good foundation um, to start the day and then um, also during during the day it's a good time to also stop and check in how am I where am I am I open am I closed <laughs> am I am I uh, having uh, allowing good thoughts and emotions in my mind or not uh, just just quick check-ins every every now every now and then I think that it sounds very simple but it, it makes a huge difference yeah, I've just started reading a book uh, called Atomic Habits that loads mm-hmm. people rec- recommended. And I've literally only just read the introduction. Um, but there's something um, that's already caught my eye, which was about this, um, these small habits. But if you consistently do them over years, they have a massive, massive impact. Right. Yeah. So uh, I love that book. And, and they talk about this idea of, of um stacking uh, up little little practices and how maybe one minute a day is more powerful than than uh, one hour a week um, mm-hmm. uh, because they start leaving this sort of like imprint in your in your brain your synapse in the connection between the neurons so uh, so then they can eventually quite physically become part of you mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean I've heard great things about it so I've I finally started reading it <laughs> so um mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. Uh, so my next question is, how would you describe your mindset? Uh, mindset. Huh. Um, <laughs> I am um, thinking about positivity, um, uh, openness, um, open to curiosity. I think I am 
So many years ago, I struggled with depression and depression is terrible because most of the natural way of your natural way of thinking is typically, oh, everything is bad. I am, I am not well. Um, you know, I, it's, it's 11 in the morning and I'm still in bed and I, and I suck, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, uh, and then I found that reading, you know, all these kind of like self-help books and law of attraction and watching talks about Buddhism and whatnot, it helped me just replace the negative thoughts for positive uh, thoughts. And I, I don't like this idea of thinking positive as, as being lack of, of, of neglecting reality. And sometimes you have to take things for what they are, but everything has a, a a gift, any situation, no matter how challenging it might be, it can make you a bit more resilient. Uh, uh, well, it, it has its benefits. So I've always tried to, uh, uh, to consider that um, as, as, as my kind of like default, default mindset. And I'm still working on myself and I'm still catching myself with, for example, uh, I'm not the most positive thinker when I'm driving. And sometimes I go like, oh, that jerk, look, you know, look at, so, so we're joking with my friends. I, I'm, I'm like, when I'm, when we're, if I'm driving with friends, I always say, "Oh, look at that guy, uh, bless him." <laughs> so my, my, right now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm generally good, but when I'm driving, I, I still need to work on myself at being, at sending uh, love and compassion to the fellow drivers, especially those who endanger your life. You know how people drive in Peru, right? <laughs> yeah. We the first place we went when we went traveling. Um, so it was four months traveling, and we went to Lima first. And mm. <laughs> and 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 I'm pretty sure a taxi driver said to us that in Peru, like the rules of the road are like a suggestion, not <laughs> like that's how people treat them. <laughs> it's just a suggestion of you know lanes. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, what a great place to practice, kind um, of like I don't know, mental health and, and examining <laughs> your 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 thoughts because it's so easy to get caught up in like everything that is wrong with the world when when you see how people drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I would drive in Lima at all ever. Um, <laughs> there may be easier, safer ways. I, I to... Yeah, totally. And it's funny because I, I living in the UK, you know, great public transport. I never needed a car. I only drove when I was maybe going to an island in Europe or something and rented a, a, a car. And, and then I went to, to being that level of driver to, um, I bought a car here in Peru and I drove from Lima to Cusco, like a thousand kilometers in two days. That was a challenging experience. My <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm, let's not get detoured into Peru because I could ask you questions about Peru all day. Um, so my next question is my my favourite one to ask um, because I'm really curious. And uh, so everyone that comes on, I ask to leave us with uh, between one and three top tips of things that we could try in our life that could have a massive impact. So do you have a top one to three things that you would suggest for us? Um, yeah. Um, so... Top tip, I would say, for those who are kind of like into their yoga and meditation, remember to uh, do those um, three things uh, before your meditation practice. Relax your body a little. Any kind of stretches will do. You know, if say if you have 
if you have um, five minutes to meditate, spend about a, a minute uh, and a half stretching, a minute and a half breathing, and then the rest of the time meditating. Uh, and and um, uh, tip number two would say develop the attitude of very nice, very nice. <laughs> this is um, uh, my, in, in the ashram where I trained, uh, uh, Yoga Vidya Gurukul in, in India, the, our Guruji uh, always was saying very nice, very nice to everything um, and taught us that it's important because you never know, sometimes something might seem like, oh, I missed the bus. Oh, what a terrible thing. I'm going to be one hour late, whatever. Hey, just say it's very nice, very nice, because maybe you are late for a reason. Many people saved their lives or met their life partner just because of a little accident like that, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I think the last one is maybe every now and then checking with your emotions and your through the breath. Sometimes how you're breathing will tell you how you're feeling. Um, and, and that moment of awareness can help you maybe switch gears and go from super close and stressy and doing everything fast and clumsy and spilling the coffee, you know, to a very grounded, very mindful, purposeful uh, uh, state. And even if you can be there for two minutes, that's huge. Awesome. Thank you so much for those. And then my next question, I, if it's a much newer question. The other questions have all been in place since I started interviewing. And this one, I've only been using a couple of months. So I keep saying it's new, but it's not really new anymore, but it's not <laughs> quite. Um, and we've already mentioned, um, you know, a, a book. But I've I've started asking guests if they've got a recommendation of a book or a TED talk or something that was really impactful um, that you would recommend that we check out. Huh. Oh, there's <laughs> there's so many. That, um, but um, the the first book that came to mind. Um, Okay, so I have two books maybe. First book that came to mind was the Autobiography of a Yogi by uh, Yogananda. Uh, for some, it might be a cliche, you know, even Steve Jobs on his uh, funeral service, he gave this, a copy of this book to everybody. But it's this really wonderful story of this person who realized the calling was to be a yogi and, and the wonderful, sometimes even magical things that can happen when you go, you know, all the way down into through that journey and it connects really everything that we do in the physical realm to the uh, and how it connects to our emotional mental and even and, and spiritual realm um the other book that came to mind was uh, well for those who want who you know want to learn the the uh, true origins of everything that is yoga and breathing and meditation is the bhagavad gita uh, wonderful story uh, of and it's the most epic story of how to deal with anxiety you know the story starts with this man called Arjuna who is about to enter the battlefield in a very unusual situation he's gonna he has to fight uh, the two sides of this of, of you know the two sides are are members of the same family so his his heart is broken he doesn't know what to do because he knows he's gonna have to fight his uncle his teacher his best friend his and he's like, Krishna, help me. I don't know what to do. My mouth is dry. My, my knees are shaking. And I, I know that I'm a soldier and I'm a general of this army and I should do it, but I don't want to do it. So, you know, I'm torn apart. And then Krishna, through every chapter, is, it's basically laying down 
laying out everything, uh, everything that the yogic path has to offer. And by the end, he goes, right, I'm clear. I know what my calling is, what my purpose is, and I know how to deal with this crazy, horrible situation. So anybody who sometimes struggles a little bit with anxiety and, uh, and such things uh, could find a lot of interesting tips there. Awesome, thank you. Um, I, I definitely have one, maybe two copies of the Bhagavad Gita, but I may also have the other book somewhere as well. <laughs> so I'm not sure. So um, yeah, uh, awesome. Thank you so much. And then my final question is where people can connect with you online. Um, I don't know if you're doing any workshops or working with people online at the moment, but where we can, can find you. Thank you. Yes. So um, uh, my website is riootoya.com, R-I-O. O-T-O-Y-A and, and if you type in my name uh, on, on Instagram I'll, I'll appear there and on Facebook also um, it's at rio.otoya on Instagram um, uh, workshops I was taking a, a, a long break like three months of not doing uh, group workshops but I started doing them again recently uh, so just on the website on the events uh, page you can see I'm uh, just about to launch a little meditation course um, specifically focused on people that work with others and, and maybe as a coach or, or as a different kind of practitioner, but you feel like you want to share um, uh, the, the magic of meditation by helping your clients ground themselves. Um, I'm, I'm just going to do something that is a very basic boot camp on what is meditation, what is good for, how to open a class, guide a class, finish a class, and explain any easy questions that. Uh, your clients might, might ask you about uh, their five or 10 minute guided practice. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for uh, sharing my, my work and allowing me to, to share a few extra thoughts around my experience with, with everyone who's following you. Yeah. Well, no, thank you so much for, for joining me. It's been, um, it's been great to, to talk about everything that we've talked about. Thank you for giving us a, a little taster and we'll absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you on your website and, and Instagram and everything from there nice and easily as well. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah. Beautiful. Thank you everyone listening and, and yeah, have a great day. So thanks again to Rio. Uh, I definitely found it really relaxing and, um, a great kind of reset to just feel grounded and come back to myself and breath is something I <laughs> I know the power of from my own personal practice from yoga from you know being a yoga instructor but sometimes when we're caught up in that yeah, rat race that that pace of life and we are um, sometimes just surviving it can be just difficult to remember to do but can so quickly change how we're feeling change our energy um I could get into the the science of it but um I won't <laughs> but I'm always happy to talk about that at some point and I think Rio touched on it um a bit as well so yeah thank you to Rio for sharing that I just wanted to talk about atomic habits super quickly because it's something I think I've mentioned before and I did overall really love the book um I think it had some great takeaways I've really been thinking about the being and the kind of person you want to be rather than focusing on the things that you're doing so for example if you're wanting to be healthy kind of asking yourself what would a healthy person do in this situation how would they be 
rather than focusing on the diet or the exercise or, or whatever. And for me, that has definitely been helpful. Um, my what my say one crit critique, I might have more, but <laughs> my big one was about this idea of, um, you know, you can drop one day, but you can't drop more than that um, to be consistent. And I think it is important to be consistent. But if you are really struggling with your mental health, um, I think sometimes that's not possible. You know, sometimes you do miss um, a week. <laughs> and um, I think it adds this extra layer of shame and stigma and like beating ourselves up if we're thinking, well, I, sh I should just be able to, to do it because, you know, um, or that it's it's not going to be possible for me because I've dropped more than one day and I can't change my habits. And I think having a bit of kindness and grace towards ourselves and knowing that actually sometimes if you are not in the best place mentally, it is about getting to a place of being okay before you can make those changes. You know, trying to change everything when it can already feel like your world is falling apart or like falling on top of you or whatever. Um, it's just so much pressure and I don't think it's going to be successful trying to change everything then you have to sort of try to get to a place being okay before I think you can make these big changes um so that's kind of my only thing about you know being a bit more mental health informed and that's something that quite often in the coaching and support space there can be these messages that actually you know if you want it bad enough you'll just make it happen that I think can actually be harmful to someone who has struggled with their mental health who maybe cannot just do it and um, on my instagram at psyche coaching psykhe coaching there is an instagram tv video i did talking about mental health informed coaching and what that would be like and getting on my soapbox a little bit about that so if you're interested in that check that out um but yeah that that's it for today thanks for tuning in thanks for listening if you've enjoyed the show please do share it with someone who you think would also enjoy what we've got going on here um, and until wednesday as always take care of yourself be kind to yourself and i'll speak to you soon bye for now